Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. I'm so happy that you're here. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me today in Deuteronomy chapter 2. I would like to talk a little bit with you today about the inheritance that God has for you in the context that what God has reserved for you, that He has specifically designated for you, really is the best that you could receive. Praise God. And I want, I want you to consider today what God has for you and how good it is. I think you'll see that as we bring this out today and talk about this. Deuteronomy chapter 2, we'll begin today in verse 4. Let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into Your Word that Your Holy Spirit, that He would illuminate the Scriptures, that the Scriptures would be alive to us. Now we thank You, Father, that we are feeding on Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. Praise God. Now, verse 4, And command the people, uh, that would be the Israelites, command the people, saying, You are about to pass through the territory of your brethren, the descendants of Esau, who live in Seir. And they will be afraid of you, therefore watch yourselves carefully. Now look at verse 5, Do not meddle with them, for I will not give you any of their land. No, not so much as one footstep, because I have given Mount Seir to Esau as a possession. Now, I think there's a place in our life where we can admire other people. Maybe you, call, you would call them like a hero, somebody who's inspired you, maybe a role model, maybe even a spiritual mentor. And so we can look up to certain people, we can admire others, and really we can even be righteously influenced by others. Maybe you had uh, somebody lay hands on you and pray over you, and there was an impartation, there was a blessing. And you uh, look at your life and you see the influence of that person, or maybe a few other people that have been very uh, instrumental in your life. But as much as we admire them, as much as we may be influenced by others, still, you really only would want to be yourself. Why? Because you are uniquely you. And while others maybe have had input, and others have uh, been a good influence, still, God has given you your own unique, uh, uniqueness, your own character, uh, your, your own uh, personality, and all of these other types of things that are uniquely uh, you. And I want you to understand that even as Israel traveling on their journey, they would see these other people, and they would think, probably in some ways, wow, they've got some good stuff going on. Hey, that's pretty cool. Lord, you know what? Uh, wow, we like that. We want that. Well, it's okay to see that. It's okay to recognize the blessing and the difference of others. But don't forget, that's what God has for them. And it doesn't mean that just because that's their portion, it doesn't mean that that is your portion as well. Praise God. Glory to God. You can look at others, you can admire them, you can appreciate them, but don't forget, God has your inheritance for you. And you may be influenced 
by them. But still, God has something that is uniquely you. Praise God. Verse 9, Then the Lord said to me, Do not harass Moab, nor contend with them in battle. For I will not give you any of their land as a possession, as a possession, because I have given R to the descendants of Lot as a possession. And so, basically, God is saying, "Hey, as you're on this journey with me, I just want God saying, I want you to know that although some of these things may look appealing to you, they cannot be for you." Now, I, I have made this statement before. I want to draw it out a little bit today, that the statement being along the line that what God doesn't want you to have, may your hand never hold. But we need, we need to go further, because I think sometimes we hear stuff like that, and we think, yes, that's right, Pastor Stephen. We just want God's will. But I tell you what, there's something about the soul nature uh, connecting with the carnal nature of a person that can really think, well, uh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to get it anyhow. When really God would say, that's not for you, even if it looks good, even if it's a good work or a good thing, but God may say, that's great for them, but I never promised you that. Well, Lord, I'm going to get it anyhow. Well, that's when, uh, believers can run into frustration and they're actually praying and they're seeking God for something that God says, you know what, I've done that for them, and that is for them, but that's not in my plan for your life. And so people are pulling and grasping, and th these are things that we need to get ironed out in our spirit. Praise God. Verse 19, same chapter. And when you come near the people of Ammon, do not harass them or meddle with them, for I will not give you any of the land of the people of Ammon as a possession, because I have given it to the descendants of Lot as a possession. So, here's the thing. When you're trying to possess something that is not your portion, that is not your inheritance, even if it's a good thing, but it's just like, you know, you can't, you can't do everything in life. You're going to have to be focused. There's a million things you can do. So, what you're going to have to do is you're going to, st you're going to have to stay on track with God's agenda for your life, or else you're going to miss it in three main areas. If you're trying to possess something that God does not have on the menu for you to possess, you'll miss it in these three areas. Number one, you're going to expend energy going after something that you're not supposed to, which means the energy that should go on the project that you are supposed to go after you're not putting it on that, you're actually putting it over here in a wrong area, so something is being neglected, something of, uh, of, the, guide, uh, of the God assignment is actually being deprived, why? You're putting energy over here, and God hasn't told you to put energy over there. You know, it takes, it takes faith energy to believe for the promises that God has for you, for the blessings to be pulled into your life, uh, you have to use your faith to pull those things in. But can you imagine expending faith on something that God has not allocated to you? Now, I'm not talking about healing. 
I'm not talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about, you know, God's prosperity plan for your life. I'm not talking about things that are in the covenant. I'm talking more about things involving God's plan for your life concerning that path. And while we're on the same path of salvation, there are many different uh, areas that God has chosen us to walk in, many different career fields, many different gifts and anointings. And you've got to do your thing. You can't be over here trying to do somebody else's thing because you think that's cool and you want that to be your thing. Well, you need to be on your thing. You don't need to be trying to possess the land of Ammon, the land of Seir, or these other things that God hasn't assigned to you. That's good for them. They've got their allotments. But you don't need to be envious or jealous of them either. God's got something for you that will make you happy, that will make you content, that will make you fulfilled. And so if you're going after something that's not on the menu that God has for you, then you're going to needless to be using up all of this energy. And you, you don't want to do that. Your hands will be full. Your faith will be full just endeavoring to believe for those things God did tell you rightfully belong to you. You know, um, I'm reminded of the story of Prophet Kenneth Hagin, who is now in heaven. He lived his life out. But he talked about the time much earlier in his ministry when he's, he's using his faith to believe God for this, and the ministry's growing, and now the ministry needs this. And so he's believing for these various things. And his wife, Aretha, came up to him and said, Kenneth, you know what? We really need some drapes for the house. And um, I know we don't have the money for it, but, you know, use your faith and, uh, you know, and believe God for some drapes. And he said, this is what he said to his wife. He said, my faith is stretched to the very limit right now with the things that I'm required to believe God for, such as the provision for the Bible college, the provision for the, the growth of the ministry. And he said, if I add just one more thing to my faith, he said, I, it's like the whole thing will collapse. And he said, he said, I, I've got the assignment on these things. I've got to use all my faith to believe God for these things. So he said, if you want new drapes, then you use your faith and believe God for the drapes. Because he said, I just, I've got it all, all of this faith energy over here on these projects. And she understood, and she began to use her faith, believe God, and trust God for uh, extra provision to buy new drapes, and she she got the new drapes, praise God. But you have to understand that, that you've got to go in the, the calling, the directive that God has for you, and if you're on the wrong track, trying to push your way into something that God hasn't allocated for you, then you are needlessly wasting energy on an empty project, and not only are you wasting it here, where you should be putting it at, it's not getting there. So this is, very, this is very, very serious. You're not going to live to be like Methuselah, 969 years old. You don't have that much time. So with the time that you have, you have to use it wisely. Stay on task with your inheritance. Don't be trying to grab things that don't belong to you. Praise God. Now, now most Christians, they, um, they, they would never say that they would try to reach beyond God's plan for their life. or But you know what? These soulish areas of our life can be very deceptive, and people can be very stubborn, even in the church, and they can press like a stubborn bull into areas 
that God has not granted them grace to go into. Well, I'm going anyhow. Well, you can go, but uh, you know you may you may never reach there because you're just trying to you're trying to go into a destination that you were never launched from God to go after. Oh my goodness! Now you not only waste your energy, but you're also wasting your time if you're trying to possess land that God said, I give it to this person, but that's not your gifting, that's not your anointing. Well, I want it anyhow. Okay, well, you're going to pursue that now. Not only are you wasting energy, now you're also wasting time. Time that you're putting on that, which is wrong, means you're also neglecting the time and the attention that you should put on the God assignment. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Pastor Stephen, I'm, I'm burned out. I, I, I need to go on a sabbatical. I'm burned out. Maybe you're burned out because you, you, you are expending yourself on something that God never called you to do, because the Apostle Paul said, I labored. He literally said with a divine energy. He used the word energeo in the Greek, which means like an energy. I mean, this guy just, just on task with what God had called him to do. How does that energy come? It comes when you're on task, when you're doing what He's called you to do. And if you want to get wore out, start getting involved in things God never called you to get into. You will be wore out, and um, you, it's, just, it's just not good. You will waste time. And thirdly, if you get tangled up in things God didn't call you to, not only will you expend your faith energy needlessly, not only will you waste a very precious resource called time, but you will also take a hit financially. And that, for many people, sometimes is the only rude awakening that seems to jar them out of their stubbornness, is when they push and push and push to get into something, and then uh, they begin to experience financial difficulty. And that can be a quite sobering wake-up call, uh, because uh, when, when the money's not coming, but the bills keep coming, whoo, you know what, that, that can be very, very, um, the, like uh, ice water getting thrown on you. It's like trying to, you know, I, I've talked to ministers before that have, uh, that have tried to get into uh, Christian television, and they just, you know, you know, buy up all this airtime and get in there, and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe they had enough to start, but then it just keeps going, and, and now, now, they're, uh, now they're in a crisis. And, you know, those are the ones maybe you saw, you've seen on TV. Help me. Help me, or I'm going to go off the air. I need to hear from you. Okay, and then two weeks later, you need to help me again. It's just crisis after crisis. Why? Many of them, they're pushing into something God didn't call them to do. Maybe their soul wanted to get into that. But that doesn't mean that God wanted them to get into that. Well, Pastor Stephen, God said, Jesus said, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Yes, He did, but there's a lot of ways you can do that. You cannot just like um, be presumptuous and think, I'll just do this. Well, maybe that's not the way God wants you to do it. There's an anointing for radio. Some have it, some don't. There's an anointing for TV. God gives out an anointing to those that are called for it. And I, I remember one certain minister, he went into television and just, uh, you know, burning up all kinds of money. And uh, he, he was concerned about it. But I was having lunch with another pastor that was doing really well in television. And he actually brought it up in, in a conversation. He said, Stephen, do you know 
Reverend so-and-so? I said, yeah, I know him really well. And this pastor said, have you ever seen him on TV? I said, yes. And he and I both kind of looked at each other. And that, that pastor just said to and this pastor, um, I won't say who he is, but he's very, very well known. He said, you know, he said that minister, he said he just doesn't have it for TV. But not now, now watch this. He had a very large church. And in his own gifting, he had some very unique anointings. But you know what? That doesn't mean he's called the TV. But he went on TV anyhow and just got all kinds of his ministry money gobbled up and um, finally pulled out. What pulled it, what made him pull out? Just the financial grace wasn't there. If God calls you to it, God will also bring the provision. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so God giving explicit directions to the Israelites look, you've got your inheritance. You're going to be in the Canaan land. But I just want you to know there are certain areas. Don't, don't reach for it. Not only don't try to grab what doesn't belong to you, but really knowing that it's not yours, you shouldn't even desire it. You shouldn't even entertain thoughts of like, you know what, I think I'm just going to do it anyhow. That's how people get into trouble. And you'll waste those three things, your faith, energy, your time, and your money. And if you're wasting them over here, it means all of it's not going on the right thing. So the, so the waste of money over here on the wrong thing means money that should have been allocated and put into the God assignment. That money never gets there. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. So we need to be on task. Hallelujah. Um, let me talk about visions just for a moment. Again, we're going to get into this a little bit today about the soul and the spirit. A lot of Christians, they think they're in the spirit, but really they are in their soul. The soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your feelings. And so they can get very passionate about something. Not that there's anything wrong with passion or zeal, but you saw quite clearly uh, in the Gospels that with great zeal, the Pharisees, you could still be misguided. With great zeal, they wanted Jesus crucified. <laughs> so zeal is not an indicator that you are on track, not by any means. Paul, even in the book of Romans, writing about uh, the Jewish leaders, said they, they have great zeal, but, th but it's, it's not in accordance with true biblical knowledge. So you can really go down some rabbit trails uh, by being in the soul. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean by rabbit trails? Uh, you're, you're hunting a deer, but you see a rabbit, and you, uh, instead of going after the, the main thing that you're called to go after, you start chasing a rabbit, and then, you know, these rabbits run in the briars and thorns, and the next thing you know, you're getting all pricked and tangled up, and, and you know, and then the rabbit gets away. So that's, what, that's the kind of the... Um, the proverbial meaning of the rabbit trail is they just end nowhere. They, they go nowhere. They're, they're kind of fruitless, kind of pointless. Praise God. Hallelujah. So let me talk about visions for a moment. Sometimes people receive a legitimate vision from the Lord. Maybe, maybe it was even an appearance from Jesus in a vision, giving an instruction. Maybe it was a true vision of an angel coming, sharing something straight from heaven, straight from the throne room. But you've got to be very careful with visions and not allow your soul to put your own soulish interpretation on what was said, or put your soulish spin 
on what was said because you want to make it say what you want to make it say. Though that gets people in trouble. Woo! Watch out. Praise God. I'm trying to talk with you today about why your inheritance is the best inheritance. Praise the Lord. You don't need to go after something that somebody else has that looks marvelous if that's not what God has for you. You need to be happy with what God has for you. And when you find out what it is, you get plugged in. You really real realize that this is the best I could ever have. Because why? It's what God has for you. When you try to get into something that God hasn't called you to, you're like the person wearing a suit that is too big. And it looks goofy. It doesn't fit you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Let me jump back to visions. Some years back, wasn't that long ago, maybe a decade, there was a very well-known doctor, Christian doctor, in the Spirit-filled circles, who had an encounter, I believe it was like a near-death encounter, and in this experience, he met the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus basically told him some things like, I'm going to allow you to remain on the earth longer. Uh, you could be a witness for me. People will be saved. And, um, and so he had a, he had a genuine, valid uh, experience. And so he went on television. Uh, at that time, he was on Christian television a whole lot, telling people about uh, salvation in Christ, also telling people about his visionary experience, you know, it was a real powerful experience. But he put his own spin on it. And he began to tell people that Jesus told me in the vision that before I die, He will return. We will experience the second coming before I die. Jesus told me that. And so now you've got all these people around the world watching this guy because he's getting older and older and older. And when he began to get real old and it was looking kind of kind of frail, a, a Christian uh, journalist went to him and said, can I do an interview with you? And uh, the old, the old uh, doctor who was kind of like a doctor and a minister, uh, the, the older man said, he said, yes, you could interview me. And so the journalist basically said, I want, I want to know exactly what Jesus told you in the vision, word for word. Now he said, tell me word for word what Jesus told you in the vision. And so uh, the Christian doctor said, this is what he said, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, after he uh, shared word for word the vision, the journalist sat back, because he's recording all this, he sat back and said, you know what, you, you just told me the full visionary experience you had, and from what you just told me, Jesus never said anything about coming back in your lifetime. Well, you know, I, you know, I, I just feel like that's what he meant. Okay, well, he died just a few months after that interview. Thank goodness that journalist did the interview because when this man died, now all of these Christians that are very young in their faith, that are not built up in the Word, now they're all confused. Well, he died, and he said he had a visitation from Jesus, and that Jesus would come back in his lifetime before he died. Well, now he's dead. Was he lying? No, he wasn't lying. He just put his own spin on it. What happened? Soul got involved. Uh, and let me say this. Your soul can make a strong push. Think about Moses. Moses was told by God, because you've disobeyed me in this one area, you 
will not go into the promised land. And now, now later, later Moses was just like pleading, God, I want, I want to go in. God, I'm sorry, I blew it. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I want to go in. And the Lord said, no, and do not talk to me about this anymore. Because it's settled. It's, it's done. You, you broke the typology that I was trying to represent. I was trying to represent myself through you. And you broke that type that, which was supposed to represent me in the new covenant. You, you ruined it by your action. And you're not going in. You're not going in. Um, and it says that Moses pleaded with the Lord. Your, your soul, even though you may know this land belongs to Ammon. This land belongs to uh, Sierra. Or, and uh, you might still think, but oh, Lord, you know, hey, it's really good land. What's wrong with I have a few acres? Nope. You can't have even, even one footprint of it. Well, Lord, you know, and on and on. The, the soul, the soul can be a very strong driving force in a person. You know, you, you have these things like, I will not give up. I will not quit. Even, even if it's wrong, it doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> and sometimes people only relinquish when they just get to a point where they're so dealt with by the Lord that, you know, sometimes the Lord has to bring them to those points. But be very careful with the visions that you don't misinterpret a vision and try to grab it and then spin it and make something out of it that the Lord never said. Well, that's what I thought he meant, Pastor Stephen. You're just reading that in. He didn't say that. We have to be very careful. This is also part of maturity, walking maturely in the Lord. That's why some things, I've had some things the Lord has shared with me I have not shared, um, because, because maybe I wouldn't express it right. Maybe I couldn't verbalize it the way I should. And he, even the Apostle Paul said when he was caught up the third heaven, he said he saw things that were really, in a sense, just unspeakable. In other words, don't even try to explain it. It might and probably would do more harm than good. Don't even go there. So just Zippo. And that, that, that's a part of maturity. That's a part of maturity. Uh, Charles Finney, uh, the great evangelist back in the 1800s, said that he had many, many um, what we would call supernatural encounters. But he said that in many ways he wasn't permitted to share them. I think a lot of the reason for that was because many, uh, much of the church at that time was a very low level supernatural. And he found that if he tried to share it, it just, whoosh, you know, people couldn't grab it. So, so just keep it simple. Evangelism, preach an evangelistic message, very simple, easy for them to understand, help the church walk in holiness and purity. And, you know, and some of that stuff, the supernatural, he, he just had to enjoy it himself and keep it to himself. Or maybe as we would say, small circles with mature believers that could grasp the truth of that. And that's okay. That's all right. Praise God. <coughs> Excuse me. But be careful. <coughs> be careful with the visions. Praise God. Don't try to force it to be something that God didn't expressly say that's what it is. Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, why would anybody do that? Different reasons. Soulish reasons primarily. Maybe, maybe selfish ambition, a personal drive, um, many, many different areas this thing can branch into. Um, let's talk about 
being able to discern between the soul which would just grab 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 that looks good I want that too well if it's in the atonement and, it, and it's also God's plan for your life you can but remember remember in life you you're only here for a certain amount of time you can not do everything all you need to do is what God called you to do and you're gonna be very very busy very occupied with that you will be you will be stretched to your full measure to get that completed so you can't do everything but I, I like that well I, I want to be a scientist well okay good all right well I want to be a brain surgeon too Pastor Stephen okay it's starting to get complicated wait wait a minute uh, Pastor Stephen I want to be on the mission to Mars I want to do it all uh, you, you can't you can't do it all you, you, you can't you can't be in this place and that place and you, you can't do it all you have to settle down and find out your thing and just go with that glory to God now the other stuff is great it's cool it's cool what's the coolest thing your thing whatever that is that's the thing that that, that just uh, gets you going that's the thing where the joy's at that's where the joy's at when you're doing what God has called you to do that's where the deep satisfaction and happiness is at praise the Lord thank you Lord Jesus now Hebrews whoo glory let's go to Hebrews chapter 4 and look at verse 12 I've always I've always liked this verse verse 12 for the Word of God the Word of God this this is it right here the Bible for the Word of God is living and powerful living that's why this book is different it's not like Shakespeare it's not like Homer's Odyssey or the Iliad it's not like um, you know uh, some of these long fiction books non-fiction books war and peace it's not like it's not like any of that stuff why those books don't have life this book is living it's, it's living God will talk to you through this book and when it says the Word of God in the Greek we basically have two words for the word word you have the word logos the word means logos logos refers to mainly what we would call the entire canon of Scripture and so it's all good it's, it's all wonderful it's the Word of God but this is not logos here it says for the Word of God is living and powerful it actually says for the rhema of God rhema r-h-e-m-a the rhema of God is living and powerful so a rhema word is the word that arrests your attention the rhema word is the word that you may be just reading along and suddenly you're like wow this is getting really good this is really speaking to me yes it is because it's alive uh, the rhema word is the word sometimes that just uh, one verse it's just you can just feed off of that one verse why it, it's it's alive it's living and then it's just like food it's feeding your spirit praise God hallelujah for the Word of God is living and powerful well in the uh, former USSR so uh, old Soviet Union when much of the church was underground and I'm not talking about you know beneath the dirt <coughs> excuse me a little bit of a cough here but I'm talking about the hidden secret church where they have to meet in secret because of persecution 
back in the 70s and so forth. Um, after the fall of communism in the old Soviet Union, it was, it was realized that some of those churches, because Bibles were confiscated, Bibles were burned, you had underground churches, some of them just living off maybe two pages out of the book of John. For years, for a decade, living off maybe, uh, you know, two chapters out of the book of 1 Corinthians, and that's all they had. And they're living off that, thriving, spiritually doing totally fine. Why? There's just so much life, even in, in just one word from God. Okay? For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is, our, this is how sharp the rhema Word of God is. Piercing even to the division, the separating, the dividing of soul and spirit. Okay? You might not be able to tell what is what. Well, you know, Pastor Stephen, I'm not really sure which one is an apple, which one's a lemon. Okay. Well, the, the sword of the Spirit can. The Word of God can come in here so sharp and basically say, this is one type of fruit, this is another. But look, this is easy. We can understand that. Different color, differences, different taste, growing on different types of trees. We've got that down. Soul and Spirit, though, oh, can be very, very close. But here is where the living Word of God is so helpful. It can go right in between, and it can let you know, this is for you, or, watch this, God did not promise that to you. Well, I'm not willing to accept that. Well, that, that can really, that can give you that thing that spins you off, where you're wasting the big, those big three things, your faith, energy, your time, and your money. When you really spend time in the Word, in prayer, and this word is alive. It will help you discern. I'm telling you, it's so sharp. It will help you discern between what's of your soul, what your soul wants. And by the way, your soul wants all kinds of stuff. And your spirit, where your spirit realizes, this is my portion. And this is more than enough. This is my portion. I can't do everything, but I can do this. Praise God. That spirit, the soul, just grab, you know, I have a zeal for this. I have a passion for that. And just, you know, all kinds of things. So you have to be careful. There's a lot of teaching out there that really is, I would call it humanistic in nature. I'm not going to say there's not an element of truth to it, but the teaching of pursue your passion. Well, what if your passion is originating out of your soul, not out of your spirit? Hmm? Pastor Stephen, my, 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 my passion is to be a go-go dancer. Whoa! Oh, well, whoo! That's the soul, brother or sister. Mm. Lord have mercy. People have some very, very bizarre passions. Very bizarre. Hmm. Hmm. And many of these passions need to go straight to the cross. Hallelujah. I've, I've met, I've met people with all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of testimonies coming to the church, and then they find out their true calling, their true identity in Christ. And there are just some things um, people want to get into, and they don't have an anointing for it. They don't have an anointing for it. Pastor Stephen, I want to be 
uh, a Wall Street tycoon. Pastor Stephen, I want to um, I want to be a railroad tycoon. Well, you know, unless you're living back in the 1800s, I'm not, I'm not really sure if you could replicate the uh, railroad thing again. You know, that's you know, times have changed, things have moved on. But people have some very bizarre drives, some very unusual things they want to go after. And some of it, it's it's a um, it's a lie, it's a fantasy. Here's one. Here's one. Uh, this one hits teenage girls a lot. I want to be a model. I want to be a movie star. I'm going to go to L.A. I'm going to go to New York. Well, welcome to the club. Millions do. Oh, but I'll be the one. I'll be the one they select. I'll be the one they choose. Well, in reality, you might be if you're willing to take all your clothes off and do dirty deeds in the office with the guy offering you the contract or the deal, because that's really, in most cases, how it works. Well, no, nah, I won't do that. I'll still be the one that gets it. And you know what? A lot of this is a total lie. This thing is a lie that's perpetuated by evil spirits whispering into the soulish mind of young girls that are not solid in the things of the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. But the Word of God can come in there and cut soul and spirit. Well, I don't want it cut, Pastor Stephen. I want my soulish thing. That's something you and the Lord will have to sort out. If you're going to persist, and you're going to push onward, uh, there is a special group of angels you'll probably meet. I, um, I, I hope you don't meet them, but they're called the enforcers. <laughs> you don't want to meet them. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I won't get into what they do, but they can, make, they can make it very difficult for you, just like Jesus appearing to Saul in the vision, and Jesus saying, hey, it's really hard to kick against the goads, isn't it, Saul? Can you imagine taking your bare foot, take your shoe off your foot, and kick an ox goad? What was an ox goad? It was an implement out in front of uh, uh, the ox to help him with his cadence and his rhythm. But if he, if he bumped into that, it's a piercing barb. Ouch. Just think of, think of your, your leg, your shin bone, how, of how that hurts when you hit something real hard. Just that pain shoots all the way through you. Um, that's what it's like when the enforcing angels are working literally against you. Trying to block you from doing something silly that you can't realize or recognize that you've made a wrong turn, and you're trying to persist, and they're trying to help you. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. A dividing between soul and spirit. Pastor Stephen, you just want to be on TV because you like the glamour. You know what Christian television ministry is? It's work. It's work. It's hard work with hot lights and having to stand there, do a lot of study before you go in because you're going you're gonna to knock a bunch of shows out over uh, you know, just a brief period of days. A lot of, a lot of hard study and just go, and it's just, it's just raw work. That's what it is. That's what it is. 
And so I would never really want to get into something that I'm not called to, no matter how, quote, glamorous it may appear, or people labor it, la- uh, label it as being glamorous, because all kinds of kooky things today get labeled as glamorous. Movie stars. I have no desire to be a movie star. Why would I want to be that? I have, I have no desire to be that. Just because the world places a label on this is what is great? Well, just because the world places that label doesn't mean I have to agree with that. Glory to God. Now, if somebody is called to be one, or you know, to be in that arena of, of film or television, that's cool. That's fine. But I'm happy with my calling. And it just happens to be that God has called me the Christian television. And it's never been something that I've had to try to fight to get into, knock doors down to get into. It's just walk it step by step, and, and there's the door. Praise God. And there's, then there's another door, and just keep on going and keep on going by grace. Praise the Lord. So I believe that the Holy Spirit, anointing the Word so that it's the living Word, enables us to discern between what's soulish and what's spiritual. Soulish and what is of the Spirit. Praise God. You really need to ask yourself, honestly, go before the Lord, excuse me, not so much ask yourself, ask the Lord. You need to go before the Lord in prayer, ask the Lord, Lord, is this my portion? Is this my inheritance? Is this part of the destiny that you have for my life? Lord, am I supposed to be doing this? Lord, am I supposed to be reaching and grabbing for this? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you do that, He will answer you. Well, I don't want Him to answer me, Pastor Stephen. I don't want Him to say what could maybe be no. Well, then you know what? Uh, That's just something you'll have to work out with the Lord. But really, you should really want God's plan for your life. It's better than anything your soulish self-life could fabricate. Because I've met many people that have reached the end result of their soulish desire. And you know what? They're still not happy. They're still not happy. Oh, they'll smile and act like they are, because that's part of the the whole facade of that whole lie. But no, behind the door, behind closed doors, I've met so many of them. They are unhappy. They are they are depressed. They cry uh, for hours every day. And despite the fame, the money, the wealth, the popularity, behind closed doors, they're on drugs. They are depressed. And the whole thing is a destination God never had for them to reach. And you really should ask yourself, if this does pan out what I'm actually going after, what is the end conclusion of the matter? Will it glorify God? Hmm. Praise the Lord. The soulish man says, well, yes, everything will. (laughs) But, oh, you have to dig into this. Separate through the anointed word, separate between soul, which can be very, very sneaky, and spirit, which is always genuine, which is always genuine. When God speaks to you, He speaks to your spirit. He doesn't speak to your feelings, because those can be all over the board. And He doesn't speak to your body. 
because it could you could be in a over air conditioned room or an overheated room i feel hot god speaking to me or i'm feeling a cold chill it must be the spirit of god well it just could be the uh, you know a really good air conditioning system but let god speak to your spirit praise god thank you lord i think of a pastor who did it right he talked about the time he uh the church needed to expand and he saw a piece of property that was for sale that in the natural looked like it could be a good solution for the growing needs of his healthy church but he didn't just go out there like some pastors would do run out over the land I claim this land in the name of Jesus run around it and say just like Joshua marched around the city seven times I marched around this property I claim it uh, he didn't do that. He, not that there's anything wrong with claiming it, but I, I mean, some Christians are claiming everything. It's like everything that moves, you're trying to claim it. This is what God has for me. And that doesn't pan out. I'm going over here, I'm going to claim this. You have to live out of your spirit, not your soul. Because the soul wants all kinds of stuff. Well, this pastor set himself to fast and to seek the Lord for 21 days, no food, just drinking liquids. And he said, Lord, I'm asking you not for the money to buy this land. Now, that's what a lot of ministers would do. Lord, give me the money. No, he said, Lord, I'm not even asking you for the money. Because he said, I don't know if you even want me to ask you for this. I don't know if this is your will. So, Lord, I'm fasting, seeking you to know, is this the land that you have for us as a church body? Is this the land that you have for our inheritance? Is this what you have for us? Because he said, Lord, I don't know. And he began to seek, he began to seek the Lord, because it was a very expensive piece of land. And he sought the Lord for 21 days. On day 21, which was his final day, before the, that day was over and the fast was completed, he felt very fatigued physically. And he decided to go out and take a little walk. And uh, he went out on that property and he began to walk across it. And uh, there was an open area. He was walking across it. There was an area with some trees. He decided just to walk through the trees and just enjoy the fellowship of the Lord. While he was walking, his foot tripped over a tree root. And he fell on his face on the soft, uh, leafy floor of the, of the ground. And he fell there on the floor because he's already physically weak. So when he kind of tripped, he just fell. And he's laying there on his face. And he said, the Lord spoke to him. He said, I'm giving you this land. He said, it is my will for you to possess this land. And I'm going to bless you here. And I'm going to cause the provision to come in. And the Lord said, but remember, you must keep the same attitude of humility before me all the time. What was that? <laughs> he was prostrate, laid out before the Lord to weaken himself to you know, do all these bravado things, you know, just basically in a place of dependence and reliability upon the Lord. And the, basically the Lord was saying, I like your posture. And he said, Lord, thank you. You have answered my prayer. He got up and he told the, and he went, you know, when they had the church service just a few days later, he said, the Lord says, that's our land. And the money just poured in, just poured in. And they built a beautiful, beautiful facility that stands there today on that property. You must discern between spirit 
and soul. You must dig deep enough, and this, this will do it. Well, Pastor Stephen, there's no scripture in this Bible that says, buy that piece of land up on the hill. You'd be surprised how God can take a verse and speak to you through a verse. You'd be shocked. Well, there's no verse in here that tells me what, like, what kind of a carpet I should get, whether it's marble or carpet. You would be surprised how the Holy Spirit can anoint this word and speak to you through some of the most unusual scriptures. He can speak to you out of this book concerning anything facing your life that you ever have faced or ever will face. Absolutely, you better believe He can. He can give you a yes or no from this book more direct and more forceful than any person on the planet because it's going to come by the Holy Spirit. You better believe He can. Absolutely. I think about another pastor, uh, a very godly pastor that can also hear very good from the Lord. And this pastor said that he, uh, he saw a piece of property that was for sale right by the freeway. It met all the criteria of things that you would look for of where you would want to put a growing large ministry. High traffic volume, great visibility, easy uh, access off the interstate with a ramp, off ramp right down the street, swing right around, parking lot, everything. Zoning was good, everything was good. And so he just saw all of this. He says, I'm going to buy it. And he enters into negotiations with the seller and the seller's realtor. And it just got goofy uh, where the seller just had all kinds of bizarre demands. And, and so the minister, the buyer is trying to buy it, working through all of these weird requests and difficult complexities. And it just was sapping the joy of this minister. And uh, on the day that he was supposed to buy it, because uh, he had, you know, he had given in to all of the seller's demands and, uh, you know, had gone through all of these loopholes. And on, on the day that he was supposed to buy it, it struck him. The minister said it, he said, it struck me. He said, I have never stopped and asked the Lord, is this the building? Excuse me, is this the property that you have for me? He said, I've not, I, haven't, I haven't done that. So that morning, before going to sign the papers, because he's, he's already given his commitment, he's going to buy it. He's already got the contract drawn up. That morning, uh, he decided to spend extra time in prayer and said, Lord, he said, you know, I'm sorry. I, I've, I've spent time, I spend time with you every day in prayer. But he said, I never even asked you, is that the property that you have for me? Because he said, in the natural, it looks right. And, you know, it, it feels right, and, uh, you know, intellectually and all, everything looks cool. But he said, Lord, I never asked you, is that the property you have for me? And the Lord said, no, it's not the property. And he said, the Lord also said, that's why it's draining your joy, because I'm not in it one bit. And he said, well, Lord, why didn't you tell me that? Before I did all this stuff for, you know, like a, a month and a half of going through all this paperwork and all this, all these requests to this guy, why didn't you tell me that? And the Lord said, because you never asked. Glory. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I feel, bless your hearts, some of you haven't either. Well, I just thought, Pastor Stephen, God would tell me. He's very interesting. I'm, I'm telling you, Jesus is very, very interesting. He's even told me personally, there are some things He won't reveal unless He's asked. It's just the way He is. It's just the way He is. 
You know, asking always denotes humility. Asking always denotes, you know something probably that I don't know. It always will denote humility. That's why a lot of people won't ask. They just think they know it all. And th this, this minister said, Lord, he said, so you're telling me no. And he said, I've already told the guy yes, and I gave my word. And he said, unless you change this real quick, within a couple of hours, he said, I've got to buy it because I gave him my word, and I signed on the contract. So you're going to have to give me a legality to get me out of this, you know, cleanly. And so he goes there and shows up, and he parks his car in the, in the parking lot, and the, the, uh, the seller's real estate agent comes out, and the agent goes, there's just one more condition that the seller wants you to agree with before we sign. And the guy, the minister said, he goes, no, I'm not agreeing to it. He goes, I don't even know what, it, he said, I don't even care what it is. It's just, I'm not doing one more thing. It's off. And the guy goes, okay. And it's legally off. And God got him out of it. And then it was just a few weeks after that, he got his dream property that blew away the soulless property just blew it away. And even today it's considered to be one of the most beautiful ministry centers, probably not just in America, but in the world. And he got it. Woo! And it was like a fit, like a hand into a custom made glove. Soul, spirit. Praise the Lord. But you've got to be willing to let go of the soul thing if it's not the God thing. And God understands our nature. It's okay. He's not mad. But He'll help you with this. Because why? The spirit thing is the best thing. And when you realize it, you're re you're, you really will be like, wow, I can't believe I was about to trade this for that. That really would have been a real headache. Yep, it really would have. It really would have. Praise God. I thought about the story of a man that said that, you know, he would watch these programs about the military special forces and stuff like that. He was young. He would see all these shows of these guys, you know, in the military on special ops. And he's just like, God, I'm going to do that. And he would see like guys, in, you know, in the Navy, he, they were called the frogmen. They were the guys that would get, you know, you know, launched out of a, of a submarine while it's still underneath the water. They would swim to the top. They would go on secret missions into the land, and then they would come back, leave the land, come back out in the water, in the deep water, and a submarine would come back and, and pick them up. And he said, I'm going to do that. No matter what, I'm going to do it. And the drive, the ambition. And it took him a couple of years, and he did it. He's now an official frogman. But he talked about the time on one of these um, special missions that, you know, where the, the military sends you out, and it's top secret. And you're on this assignment. People don't even know you're you're out there on the move and cl t total clandestine. And he's with this elite group of, you know, frogmen, specially trained warriors. And uh, he said, you know, we we finished our operation. We leave the land and we're back out in the middle of the water in this deep water and these big waves. And we're waiting for this submarine, this nuclear huge submarine, to rise up out of the water and pick us up out here in the dark. And he said, it hit me like full force, because he'd gotten saved. It hit me. What am I doing? What am I doing out here? So I'm a frogman. So what? So, so I finally did this. And so it, like, he was just like, what am I doing? And he just kind of had this reality check. You know what? I, 
this, this is not who I'm supposed to be. Praise the Lord. May you realize that what is your portion is the best thing that you could ever have. What is not your portion, no matter how beautiful and how cool it may be, and others may excel in it if it's not yours, um, it's not God's best. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, this is cool. The thing over here, Pastor Stephen, that God wants me to do, yeah, a, there's no value. There's, you know, society doesn't value that. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares what people think is cool or not cool? Because when the day's over, you all have to go, and we all go home, we're all human. We're all the same. Movie stars also have to use the bathroom. Famous politicians still wake up in the morning with bad breath. Government leaders, they still have to comb their hair, they still have to put their clothes on, and if they don't use deodorant, they'll stink just like anybody else will. But they're so amazing. I want to be like, no, just be what God wants you to be. Now, if God calls you to be a president, a prime minister, a governor, or whatever it might be, that's cool. Enjoy it. That's great. There, there, there are perks and privileges of every calling, every grace, every anointing. But what's best is the promised land He has for you. And that's where your joy is at. And if you're called to be in the tribe of Asher and to possess that land, the last thing you need to do is be hanging down there in Judah, hanging out with Simeon. That's not your thing. That's nice. That's not your thing. And it never will be. Praise God. Well, I'm going to dress up and I'm going to wave the banner of the tribe of Judah. You can wave it all you want. But if you've got Asher blood flowing through you, You know what? You're never going to be happy. Praise God. Find your anointing. Find your grace. Separate soul from spirit and go in the direction of that which is in the spirit, that which God has called you to. Praise God. And be happy because that's where the glory is at. Really, that's actually where your prosperity is at. You can have a bunch of money over here in a soul thing. But if you're over here in the God thing, it says that the Lord, He will cause you to, to prosper, to be rich, and He adds no sorrow with it. You get over here in the soul thing, and you can have all kinds of sorrow associated with, you know, what would appear to be signs of blessing or prosperity. But just all kinds of sorrow. Why? You're, you're in the wrong thing. Praise God. The number one thing you need to be in is in Jesus Christ. Because you'll never know your true destiny or calling outside of Christ. Even if you do things that the world applauds, or even if you do good things, but you'll never really know God's plan for your life without knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Praise God. If you're watching today, and you've never made Christ your Lord and Savior, why don't you do so right now? And if you're watching today, and you've never yielded to the Lordship of Jesus because you're afraid that He might say, no to something that you're doing that your soul loves, then you need to yield to Him, not only as your Savior, but also as your Lord. Okay? So, if, you, if you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
please pray this out loud right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, You are the Son of God. I accept You as my Lord and Savior. I give my life to You. Wash me from my sins with Your blood. I receive You as my Savior. Save me now. I give my life to You. Thank You, Lord Jesus. And I'm going to live for You now. Praise God. Welcome to the family of God. Others of you that you already belong to Jesus, but you have a hard time of maybe wanting to let go of something that you know it's, sometimes you just know this is not the right fit. You might not even know what the God thing is, but you just know this is not the right fit, but you're not willing to give it up because your soul loves it. Maybe your flesh also really loves it, but I just want to pray for you. Father, let grace touch them now. Let them be, let them be willing even to an accept. Let them be willing to even accept a no from you with peace and with a worshipful heart and saying, Lord, even like what Job said, Lord, though you slay me, yet will I trust in you. Lord, you're not wanting to slay any of your people, but they're just willing to say, Lord, I lay my life down for you. So Lord, let them find their place in you. Let them find their inheritance, their allotment. Reveal it to them. Let it be lit up like a neon sign, bearing witness with their spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See, it needs to bear witness with your spirit. Let's take communion together. What is your spirit? It's your inner being, your inner man. Ladies, your inner lady, praise God. You're not a man on the inside, you're a lady on the inside, praise God. But it's your spirit, your inner core, made in the image of God. You want to get the witness from the Holy Spirit, from the Word of God, with your inner, with your inner man, with your spirit. Not with your outer man. If I got the witness of the outer man, oh, this feels right. I'd move to the uh, French Polynesia. I'd say, Kelly, I'm getting the witness. I'm getting the witness of the Spirit, the outer witness. We're supposed to move the Bora Bora. Yep, that's it. God wants us to minister to those in the South Pacific. Why? Well, it just looks so beautiful. I want to go. Okay, that's 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 soul. That's soul. Maybe for somebody else, you're a mountain person. Yep, that's it, Pastor Stephen. That's what God has for me to live on top of a mountain. That could be your soul. That could be your soul. You want to get in the Spirit, you want to get in the Word, and go in that place, that direction that God has for you. And you'll find that when you lose your life, what life is that? Your soul life. When you lose your soul life, you get the life of Christ, and then you find out what true living really is. And there are some in the church who have never found that path. That's what it means when Jesus said, the way is straight and narrow. A lot of people can get saved. Millions can get saved. That narrow path technically, contextually is referring to the path of the cross, where you lose your life to find His life. That's the narrow path. And even in the church, not many find that path. Let's take communion together. Be happy. It's a good path. Better than some of you even know. So if God's going to say no on something, just understand the yes is phenomenal on the other thing.
praise God pray pray about many things pray about I, I know you don't need to pray about you know whether you're going to have Cheetos or Doritos I, you, okay but on life decisions that are important pray bring it before the Lord Lord what do you think about this are you in this or it's just just something that I want I want you to I want to really do because you know maybe it's just something that my soul would like okay pray about it Father we thank you for the bread and the juice we consecrate it we bless it this is now the, f- the flesh and the blood of Jesus and we receive it Father as thus because it is we give you praise for it thank you Father for Jesus in his name we pray amen as you partake of the bread you are partaking of your portion in Christ it's beautiful and it's more than enough for you let's receive the body of Jesus together now not everybody is called to lead you can have a divine anointing to serve and all of your life that is your gifting that is your calling is to serve well I want to be a leader leaders really if you examine leaders all leadership is is serving it's serving praise God praise the Lord but there are some with a unique grace to serve that leader Joshua serving Moses Timothy serving Paul and that's where you find your blessing at is in serving it's not for everybody some may be called to stand at the front to, to, to be the leader but there's others that are called to serve praise the Lord and there I tell you when people get plugged into that position and they, they embrace it I've seen some of those some of the most amazing anointings on leaders, on armor bearers. Just, just, just beautiful, beautiful grace. Praise God. Father, let us be in our place in this last days as the end time harvest is going to begin to roll in, the mighty harvest of souls, the mighty networking of your spirit. Father, we must be in our place running our specific race in the general race of faith we must be in our specific grace let us find it and embrace it with all of our hearts and not deviate one bit from it father we thank you in Jesus name let us now receive the cleansing blood of Jesus amen God's not mad at you if you got off somewhere and you're starting to realize you know Pastor Stephen I think I maybe have made a detour God's there to help you if you've been stubborn and you've pushed beside you've pushed on even like Paul or like Saul kicking against the goads the Lord's right there to help you to get on to that special path that straight and narrow just talk to him about it if you made a, if you made a detour he'll help you get back he knows where fast lane entrances are back to the freeway of the calling that he's got for you but you have to talk with him you have to be very sincere and genuine in these things if you're on the wrong course he'll help you to reverse it and get on the right course he's very very merciful and gracious thank you father father let your mercy be released 
And those of you that are on that straight and narrow, run with the Lord. Run with the Lord. Praise God. It's getting better all the time. Thank you for watching today. I look forward to seeing you back next time. Bye-bye.